Hello, and welcome to Interdependent Study, our podcast where we engage in the learning and unlearning work for social justice and collective liberation. I'm Aaron. And I'm Damien. Thank you so much for joining us today. For those new to our podcast, Interdependent Study is meant to be a space and community for folks who believe in and want to do the work of social justice. Each week, we'll bring something new to the table and discuss our thoughts and feelings about it through the lenses of who we are and where we can go for a more just society. We want Interdependent Study to be a space where we are always learning with one another. And Damien, you are up this week. Yes, so sir. What? do you have for us today? All right. Well, yes, I am up this week and I have brought an online digital resource to the table for us. And I am super excited to talk to you about it today. In fact, that's what I texted you earlier Mm -hmm. (laughs) before I got here. Um, And uh, just to see sort of what stood out to you and and where our conversation goes today, because I just think this was incredible um, in so many ways. And I'm excited to also just keep revisiting it because I think there's there's a lot there's a lot in it and so um, the resource is this website called Beyond Criminal Courts Divest and Defund and it's a collaborative project uh, by three incredible organizations Community Justice Exchange Interrupting Criminalization and Critical Resistance Um, so with those players at the table I think the 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 quality the thoroughness the helpfulness of the content uh, here in this resource um, uh, there's no doubt it's going to be top notch. Um, I I mentioned this last week when I introed this, but this is an incredibly detailed and really huge website uh, yeah. and, and resource with these four different sections. So the one is called Criminal Courts 101. Uh, the second is called Learn. The third is Imagine. And the last one is Act. Um, and the the entire thing is just this resource to help folks learn about and engage with and 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 to get into the idea and the work of organizing around uh, various topics related to the criminal punishment system. Um, for this in this resource, they do a lot around the criminal court system in this country, but there's obviously lots of relationship to policing and criminalization and and the actual entire, uh, apparatus and institution that is the criminal punishment system as well, right? Yep, and yep. and obviously related to all of this, the work that's necessary to, to defund and divest and abolish um, all of these things. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm stoked about this. There's so much in this thing. Uh, where do you want to start? Yeah, um, I think, so to, I don't think we've said the exact URL yet. Oh yeah. It's beyondcourts.org. Um, is is how you get there. Perfect. Um, definitely uh, a great site to check out. And the thing I, I think I want to highlight is just the depth yes. of, the, of the resource. Um, it teaches us so much about the criminal court system. Um, you know, the, the four sections you mentioned was 101, learn, imagine, and act. Yep. They all have multiple parts to them. Yeah. It. So there's layers to those sections, even, yes. um, which is really great. And so there's a you know, you could spend a ton of time with this. Um, there are a variety of ways to engage with it. Um, there's some activities that they include yeah. um, that you could facilitate with a group. And there are some individual reflections. And, you know, there's informational articles that um, just kind of teach you about aspects of the court system. Um, there are like and ways to like <clears throat> hover over words and get definitions of things, yeah. right? Which is super cool. Uh, and then a lot of this are, are pieces that I think are relatively unknown. Yeah. Um, mm. Of the court system, unless you go through it in a very particular way, they're not things that you would necessarily know or learn about um, much at all. So, right. I, yeah, I thought this was a great, a great resource to um, 
for us to dive into and, and to learn from uh, as, as something that, um, you know, continues to teach us something and teach, teach, you know, whoever reaches it, whoever sees it is going to learn something. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think you make a really good point there about just this idea of there being so many ways to interact with and engage with the resource, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Mm -hmm. um, cause I, you know, these things can be boring, could be boring, right? The the ways in which it could be presented, but like the, the, the workshops, as you say, the, the inter- the individual questions you can consider for yourself, the, there's a comic in here, right? There's just so, so many ways in which they present this information that I think is, um, super powerful, right? And, yeah. and it will help folks really get a, a clear sense of the criminal court system and the, the criminal punishment system. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I appreciate that. And, um, I thought maybe we could talk about each of the sections, Right. Yep. Sounds good to me. Um, so the first one is criminal courts one-on-one, as I mentioned, mm-hmm. and there's just so much jam packed into this one. I, I sent Aaron a text yeah, and was this, like, look at you. Give me, look at this long one. This is yeah, crazy. That, like, it kicks off like yeah. this. Um, but I think it's just a really great way to explore all of the various elements of, and the steps I- involved in, in, uh, the court system, right? Because as you said, like you don't know it unless you're unless you have to go through it, and even then, it's confusing and, and overwhelming, right? And so, yeah. um, they share all of those steps from the initial arrest to then charging, um, arraignment, the preliminary hearings, the court appearances, the plea negotiations and bargaining that takes place, uh, the actual trial itself, and then sentencing, right? And so, yeah. there's like information about each of those steps in the process that you can sort of click through and learn more about. And I think the the resource itself just does a great job in illuminating what happens through each of those steps. Right. Um, so there are really, I think, some great opportun- learning opportunities there. And so, you know, if you're interested in this, I would encourage you to to check it out. One of the things that stood out to me the most when I read this and learned more about it and just sort of sat back and try to take it all in. It was just how harmful the criminal court system is, right? And how it's designed to do nothing but harm folks, right? Like, does that make sense, right? Like, Like you see at every step of the process that the rules and the processes are skewed in ways that favor the prosecution, right? And skewed in the ways that that favor the system, right? As opposed to the person going through it. Um, And so what I really loved was there was this one part from the section, which I think summed this up really well. It says, we're told that, quote, justice lies in the center of the criminal system. But at its core, the criminal court system is not about settling disputes or truth telling. It is not a benign pathway from arrest to incarceration. The process itself can inflict serious harm, including on people seeking justice for harm done to them, and it exacerbates racial, economic, ableist, and gender oppression, control, and exploitation. What it successfully achieves is surveilling, disciplining, and punishing people without producing safety. And I I love every bit of those sentences, Mm -hmm. uh, but especially that, like, without producing safety sort of end, right? It's so good, right? Yeah, the... um I think so much of this is, um, you know, exposing, not exposing, but sort of trying to make processes that are not transparent, transparent and Here explaining them. Yes. Um, and by doing that, I think we can see that these, the way that this has been set up, the way that it, it exists um, is surveillance, it's discipline and it's punishment. Yep. Um, and it's not 
producing safety for people who are even seeking safety. It's not At creating all. any kind of like justice or, um, you know, repair for people who have been harmed either. Yes. Um, right. Like yeah, that, that, that doesn't exist. Right. Not um, at all. Not in this system as we know it. So, uh, absolutely. so yeah. And, um, so yeah, what, so you talked about criminal courts 101. Yep. Um, I wanted to talk about a piece from imagine. Okay. Um, so there's a section or there's a part from the section called questions to consider when thinking about evaluating and adjudicating harm without courts. Um, that's the full title of that yes. part of the section. Um, and so it explores this idea of how we can be accountable to one another outside of the harm of criminal court systems. Yes. Um, so it's about kind of acknowledging that we can address harm outside of criminal courts, right? Like yeah. there, there are ways that that could happen uh, beyond the systems that we have and the systems that we know today. And I, I really like this section mm -hmm, because it's so important for us to imagine um, beyond what we know mm -hmm. uh, because then we're, we're, we're striving towards something yes. that's beyond what we know instead of just fighting against the things that we know, Absolutely. Uh, which is also important. But I think when you're fighting against something, it's good to know where, uh, where we're going yes. in opposition to the thing that you're fighting. Um, so I, you know, I love that um, imagination piece of it. Mm -hmm. um, so it the this particular resource dives into specific questions about adjudication, defining harm, uh, accountability, responsibility, and consequences. Okay, and then participation in labor. Um, ah, yes. So there's a variety of questions that they ask to sort of explore how it is that we could have a system um, that explores accountability um, without like sort of the punishment system that we have and know today. Um, so from the adjudication section, um, the question that I pulled out from there that I wanted to, I just wanted to share some of the questions and yeah. um, go from there. Um, in what ways are adjudication and harm resolution already familiar exercises that we intuitively know how to engage in without courts in liberatory ways? Wow. Yeah. Cause there are little ways that we address harm and we ad adjudicate things in community yes. um, that uh, we, we can do without courts. We do right? that every single yeah. day, right? Um, every day in all of our spaces with our children, with our friends, with our partners, yeah. with our coworkers. We do that everywhere. Yeah. yeah. That's um, great. And so if we think about those <sighs> things that we do that are, are, you know, on relatively small scales and scale them up, yeah. what is that? What does that look like and how does what does the world look like if we think about it in that way? Absolutely. Um, so wonderful question. Um, and I, I will say for each of these, I've pulled one question from, <laughs> from the section. Yes. And there's, you know, uh, at least five more yes. um, in each. Uh, from accountability, responsibility, consequences. Um, how will we know that consequences are enough? When is accountability and repair finished? Mm. Um, which I really love as a question because you get to think about, um, you know, what's the end result? What's, right. the, what's the purpose of seeking um, consequences for actions? Uh, what happens to people who do create harm? Um, when is accountability accountability? Yes. Um, when has it been accounted for? <laughs> yeah. And, and when, when has that repair happened with yeah. somebody in relationship or, 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 or what have you? Um, and I really love this question cause I don't think 
I think there are so many conversations happening um, about what accountability means that nobody answers the question. Yeah. Nobody answers. There's like, yes, everybody needs to be accountable. It's like, all right, well, what does that look like? Yeah. And there's, you just get crickets. Yep. Um, if you ask that question in um, many of the rooms um, th that I think are having questions, having conversations like that, um, because we don't know yet, yeah. And so we have to, we have to have some kind of concept of it and have some kind of shared vision for that, yep. Um, to create something beyond uh, what it is we know. Um, all right. And so the last question I want to pull from, um, I didn't pull one from every section, but this is from participation labor. Okay. Um, what kinds, what kind of people do we need to be to be able to self-regulate and deal with harm without becoming cops? Mm. Finding a balance between a you can't do this anymore, and B, disposing of you completely. So Ooh. we have to find those balances of, yeah. of that consequence um, and communication of expectation. Like, this is not acceptable. Mm -hmm. um, you can't do this anymore. You can't do this again versus get, just getting rid of somebody, which Absolutely. is what we do now currently and in our system. Um, yeah. In our system, when we lock somebody up um, and remove them from a community. Uh, and so I just, I don't really have an answer for many of these questions, no, um, at all, but they're stuff. so, um, thought provoking. And I think that they would, um, you know, if we sat down in a group of people that yeah. were like, we're creating a community. Um, I think some of these are even, you could repurpose them a little bit yep, absolutely. to create in like workspaces like, yep. oh, we created this working group to do blah, blah, blah at, at the office, um, you know, what are, do some of these line up with like, how do we, how do we navigate, how do we engage with one another? Um, how, you know, how do we create this community and recognize that harm can exist and harm can be created, harm will likely be created. Yep. And then what do we do to respond to that? Absolutely. Um, so yeah, love, loved that section on imagine just sort of giving us that forward thinking that, that, um, the foundation to create a vision for something beyond what we know. I, I, I agree. I love this section too. I love those questions. I'm glad you pulled those ones out in particular because I think it, they're, they're thought-provoking questions, right? And I particularly think about, we talked about the first one a little bit, but the like, how do you, how will we know that consequences are enough? Yeah. Like that's just a huge question to think about and to grapple with and to think about it from, you know, an individual person's perspective versus what the harm that's done to um, the entire community, right? And right. the community having a, a say in that, right? Like, so what does that look like? And then for that third one, this idea of finding that balance between you can't do this anymore and disposing of you completely, like, wow, right? To think about mm -hmm. the scale of that, right? On these two polar ends of, you know, we're addressing it and we're naming it and addressing it versus we're completely throwing you away, like, Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So um, there's, and as you said, there's so many more questions yeah. <laughs> in that section. Um, and one of the things that I loved in particular, if I can keep talking about your section a bit here is like they, at the very bottom of that page, they included these two final questions to consider as you take mm -hmm. the whole part in. And I, and I love them. So I wanted to share them too. Um, the questions were, how do we, how do we anchor whatever new things we are creating in our histories and lessons learned? Yeah. And if people's histories are not the same history, how do we then collectively heal across groups? Right. Right. Like yeah. such good questions to think about and to consider, you know, as we do this work and as we consider all of those questions. Yeah. Cause section. it's, I like those questions a lot cause it's recognizing that, 
all people have been harmed in in some ways yes. by these systems, but that harm has been um, disparate depending on what kind of communities you come from. Yep. Uh, and so uh, I think that's that sort of idea of if we don't sh- if we don't have the exact same history um, or the history hasn't impacted us all in the same way, what are the ways that we still need to heal? Because we all still need to heal in some way. It's yes. still created some kind of collective trauma. Um, Right. And, and Resma Menachem talks about this in um, in his book, uh, My Grandmother's Hands, um, in terms of like racial trauma. Yeah. Um, but it's such an important question to learn. Um, and I, I also like the first one in terms of like because there's still space to recognize some shared history. Yes. Because the histories are the same. It's just where you um, potentially were situated and participating in that yes. in that history right um are, is different so yeah those are those are great questions just, too then. thanks for thanks for including those as absolutely well. absolutely thanks for allowing me to do that um so the one of the other sections right that's in the the resource is learn yeah. right um and so in that learn section they they provided some really great resources to showcase how and we've talked about this many times right like simply enacting reforms won't do anything to truly stop the harm that's done by criminal courts and by the overall criminal punishment system, right? Um, And Because we've been doing reform the whole time. Oop. Um, Thank you. Uh, Uh You know, and and so they do this in a variety of ways, right? They include some questions to consider. They provide some education and resources around, like, the power of prosecutors in this country. And, like, that was... Uh, uh, a whammy of a section. Uh, so if, if you please check that out, it was wild, right? And they also talked a lot about, you know, diversion programs and and specialty courts and these other sort of reforms that just aren't good, not effective um, alternatives at all, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, I really loved this section and I loved the fact that there was a comic in it. And I think I said the yeah. word comic earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, the comic is called Esther's Story. And... It was incredible to sit with and to read and to to look through. It's this illustrative look at the prosecution of a single mother in Brooklyn that really walked us through all of those steps that I talked about back in the 101 section, right? Yeah. And and I just think it was a really great example of what the system can look like and what it can do um, and the harm that it can can inflict. Um, and it just serves as a really cool way to educate folks about that, right? And especially for folks who, you know, we have various learning styles and, you know, just another way to introduce people to this. So if you, if you take a look at nothing else, which would be uh, <laughs> something you shouldn't do, uh, but take a look at this comic uh, because the, it was, it was great. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. I, I really, um, it was so powerful. And yeah. I I think it's also one of the reasons why it's powerful is because it's illustrated. And so you yes. see the kind of, there's a visual provided alongside of it that helps, you know, it helps the um, the imagination sort of take hold of, of what that story is trying to communicate. Absolutely. Um, and you can put yourself in her shoes yes, in various yes. moments throughout it. So it's, yeah, it was great. Yeah. Um, all right. So I want to talk about defund courts, which if you're keeping score at home was the, the fourth section. Um, so, well, act is act, the fourth section. The fourth. Sorry. I want to talk about defund courts from the act section. There it is. Um, so to set this up, I just want to read from the page's opening paragraph. Okay. Like police, prosecutors and criminal courts are promoted as an essential, as essential to public safety. 
Yet so much of what criminal courts adjudicate bears no relationship to harms people experience. Recognizing this reality, organizers are extending calls to defund police to defund courts by shrinking court and prosecutors' budgets. And I think this really highlights for me how much this system has done harm to people and community communities um, because as it says in the resource, court's default solution to harm is prison or supervision. Yeah. Um, and to continue that quote, these measures do little to prevent, interrupt, heal harm, or transform the conditions that produce this harm. Ooh. And we've talked about this before yeah. on the show that the the criminal punishment system does not do anything to um, address the conditions that create yes. the harm in which people are using usually acting out from Absolutely. right like um, it's not it's not changing anything fundamentally about um, society or, right. or our communities right and so um, there's that cycle right we talked about yeah. that cycle yeah um, so this section goes on to highlight how prosecutors have fueled mass incarceration. Um, they discuss this movement work to defund cops, courts, and cages. Um, specifically, that was a campaign in Nashville. Right. Um, and then they also highlighted how organizers in a variety of places around the country have created their own proposals for how public safety can be reimagined, yes. usually in the context of like budget conversations in yep. counties and cities. Which is huge. Uh, it is um because they highlight a tool uh, from the Social Movement Support Lab, which shows how much local jurisdictions, cities, counties, and states um, spend on policing, courts, and prisons. Um, so our county just so happens to be on there. How about it? Um, so spending in our county in Maryland has risen, has risen 261% since 1980. Uh, and the most recent data they collected was 2016. Yeah. Um, so I imagine they'll be getting some updated data from 2020 soon, but yeah. Um, yeah, so 261% over the the whole punishment system. Um, so that includes policing, it includes courts, yeah. um, it includes several other components of, of wild. that. wild. Um, the biggest change here is huge. Um, so in 1980, our county was spending $10 million on corrections Ooh. a year. Yes. And now it's ninety million a year. Oh my goodness! And before I get any any math wizards <laughs> making comments, that's already numbers adjusted for inflation. Uh, there it is. So that that's wow. that's dollar to dollar, an eighty million dollar increase over the course of forty years. Yeah. Um, from 1980, 36 years, 1980 to 2016. Yeah. Um, and so that is a 900% increase. Oh my goodness. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. So just thinking about like that, like what is that additional $80 million that you're doing for us? What has it like, done? Like what has for it us? done? Like how has it created safety? Um, and, you know, I'm also, uh, I hadn't thought about that this until right now. We're also in the midst of, um, a uh, additional curfew for kids, yes. for teenagers yes, um, our that our um, county executive has implemented um, as a as some kind of response to so-called crime yep. um, that has happened. Um, and some, you know, some awful things have happened um, to people, but, you know, there it's hard to see where the connection is between uh, juvenile curfews and... Yep. And and um, 
the um, things that have happened, the incidents that have occurred, um, and how that's going to solve anything. Absolutely, um, right. And you know, I don't, that's a total tangent, really, from no. this. It, yeah. It's connected. It's but connected. It's um, you know, I, I don't have a, a. I hadn't thought about this till right now, but no. like, I don't. I don't have like a concluding thought no, uh, no, no. on it. But think, like all of it's connected in terms of look at the ways that we're funneling money and the and the priorities we're putting on things that, you know, we're just addressing. Um, again, the uh, not the conditions, but sort of the you know the surface level stuff. Like Absolutely. it's it's all it's all up here at the surface instead of trying to understand what's happening down at the root. Down at the root, yeah, you're right. You're right. You said it. We're funneling money, and and seemingly here we're funneling a whole lot more money every single year to this, but not addressing it at the root, right? And yeah. and when you bring up the what we're seeing here with the curfew, you know, the only thing I can think of in response to that is that, you know, I think about our conversations here about abolition, right? And what it uh -huh. takes and what it means to address and get to the root of the issue and to get to true public safety, right? And yeah. so, right, what are the what is the proof that curfews are it, right? And if all you're doing is curfews, implementing curfews and are not addressing the other issues and the other mm -hmm. conditions. I don't think there's much that's going to happen, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm so glad you shared those stats, and there's lots in there in that in that section, and um, it's just incredible to think about that spending, right? Mm -hmm. um, and at every single level, right? City level, county level, state level, it's it's wild. Absolutely. Yeah. So thanks for sharing that. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Well, with that, I think let's we let we should shift gears and talk a bit about application, right? What can we uh -huh. take from this resource and our conversation here today that applies to our daily lives and, and the work we need and, and want to do? And when I think about that, I obviously there's so much, right? <laughs> there's so much. I, yeah. I, I think at minimum, this is a great resource for literally everyone to engage with, right? To at least get some baseline knowledge of the scope and the scale and the impact of criminal courts in this country. Exactly. Right. And, and by extension, obviously the criminal punishment system. Right. And so I, I just think about what it might mean for us to get more folks to check out this website and its resources and to do the learning work and to get immersed in abolitionist thinking and action. Right. I, I think it would be incredible to see what could come of that in terms of what folks might be then willing to push for and demand from our elected officials and from our, as you talked about these jurisdictions, right? Our cities, our states, yeah. our towns, all the way up to the, the federal level as it relates to the yeah. criminal punishment system. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I've, and the federal system is also included in that, um, that tool I was talking about. Good. Um, yes. With that's all, right. With all the, the statistics and the, the spending. So, um, that's also something you can see on there. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean the my my application. This is so wide reaching. Yeah. Um, you know, criminal courts touch so many people and communities directly, um, and we can also see that the spending for this system has impacted even more people. Yes, um, by potentially shifting spending away from other parts of a governmental budget to the criminal punishment system. There it is. Um, yep. So even if we're not, you know, directly impacted by being arrested or going through the court system, the investment in our cities, counties, states, and country have been dwindling for decades. Yes. Um, and so we, we, we can see this starting in, you know, I don't think it's an accident that they chose 1980 yeah. um, as mm. their starting point because that's when, um, you know, Reagan took office and a lot of this kind of um, 
you know, the war on drugs started and then federal funding, like all this funding for the criminal punishment system um, started to increase very rapidly. Yes. Um, That's when, um, you know, the era of so-called mass incarceration really began. Um, And I think, you know, collectively we all deserve for the funding to shift back into life affirming institutions that aren't focused on punishment. Absolutely. Um, You know, this, as I said earlier, this system doesn't do anything to actually address the harm that is caused in communities um, at all. So, um, yeah, that's, that's my application. I and I it. think, I mean, to jump back to what you said about um, at minimum, this is a great resource for everybody to engage with. I think, I think that's right. At minimum, it's a great thing for everybody to see how the process works Yep. from arrest to imprisonment maybe yep. um, because I don't think many people understand oh, no. that at all. No. Um, right. Like unless you've somehow witnessed it or, or yes. been a part of it. Um, and even then you don't necessarily like you're going through things that you might not really pick up what's happening or why it's happening because as a participant in things, you don't always see the, the reason why something's happening or like yep. the mechanisms that are happening behind you. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's, um, that's a great reason for everybody to check this out just to like just to read through and like yeah. see these are the steps these are the things that happen um even if you're not you know on board with um abolition of the police or courts or, or whatever um yet yeah, it's still something that you can learn from that you can learn from absolutely yeah. i i appreciate that i agree um Perfect. Well, let's shift now and talk about homework. Like, what do we want to do now? <laughs> what do we want to do now? Um, you know, I I want to do some homework and some learning about community justice exchange. Sure. Um, so they're one of the three organizations that created this online resource. And mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I hadn't heard of them until last week when we started to talk about this resource. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't I think mean, so. We've probably seen them on a list somewhere. Yeah. Like, but I don't know that I've I've really um, seen all that much from and them done yet. some research to click yeah. through. So um, obviously we know critical resistance and interrupting criminalization. We've engaged uh-huh. with some of their resources here. So um, I want to add community justice exchange to the list. So yeah. I did go to their website at least um, in preparation of this just to find out what they say about themselves. Sure. And so they describe themselves as quote a national hub for developing, sharing, and experimenting with tactical interventions strategic organizing practices and innovating organi- organizing tools towards prison industrial complex organization. Um, and so they do that through a variety of ways uh, in the work they do to support community-based organizations that are doing the work to intervene in and divest from the criminal punishment system, right? So uh, so I'm super excited just to poke around their website. They've got some resources there. They share a bit about the work they've done. And um, and then from there, certainly figure out what it might mean for me to be able to support and, and amplify their work. So okay. that's my awesome. homework. How yeah. about you? Love it. Um, my homework, I think, is connected to our resource here. Yeah. Um, Boy, there's so much more we there's, can do yeah, with this. Yeah, so much. Um, I'd love to find some time in the next year or so to try to facilitate the workshop that's in the Imagine section. Oh, shoot. Um, I love called that. Called Imagine Dealing with Harm Outside of Courts, a workshop session. Yes. Um, so it's focused on helping people consider the possibilities that exist outside of the criminal court system um, and accountability as we currently know it. Um So there's a couple of speculative stories that have different visions of what justice uh, and accountability might look like um, and um, sort of walks people through questions of 
um, how an accountability system might work. And so it, it feels like to me that you kind of create your own system as you go through it. And yes. so people in small groups might, um, you know, read a story or hear a story and then figure out what works for them collectively from that story and maybe right. what doesn't and like, you know, find their own process for which accountability could happen in a community. That's um, awesome. So I think it would be really great to do that. Um, you know, I've given myself a wide window here to try to yeah. figure that out because um, I'm not really sure what avenue or I don't, I don't know how I'm going to make that happen yet. Yep. Um, so um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. That's all um, right. But uh, yeah, I think that doing that workshop with, with some folks would be awesome. The workshop looks awesome. And yeah. you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm happy to hold you accountable to doing it because I'm right. just excited to talk to you well, more you about there, like... So. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. I was, was going to say, I'm excited to talk to you about like what you're thinking and where you might do it and just, you know, help you make those decisions. So, and then I guess I'll show up. So I'll bring myself to it. Uh, very good. I love that. Uh, well, my friend, you're up next week. Mm -hmm. What are you bringing to the table in our next episode? Yeah. Um, I'm bringing a newly released toolkit that came from showing up for racial justice. Um, and by newly released, I mean like from when we're recording this, I think it released it like four days ago. I yes, think. something so, like that. Yeah, um, it's called "From Scarcity to Solidarity," um, and it's, so it's a guide to quote pivot white people away from the Great Replacement Theory and other widespread racist ideologies toward campaigns rooted in multiracial solidarity. Yes. Um, so Surge released this toolkit, as I said, just a few days ago from when we're recording this, um, and I'm excited about it um, because I think it's part of the work to undo some of this rampant white supremacist idea, um, the ideas that are floating out there yeah. um, right now. So they point out some of the subtle ways that it shows up um, in the in the resource and offer a framework for discussions with white people on how to redirect them away from this line of thinking and give them sort of a, um, or start to provide a new analysis for why the, the actual fears, the actual concerns that they have that are real yep. might actually be better solved, uh, better addressed with solidarity yes. um, rather than this sort of continued supremacy or hierarchy or, or what have you. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I'm super excited to read this and, and to check it out. You know, um, I hope it's okay that I share this. You you showed this to me a few days ago and yeah. you were, you know, should we do this? Is it okay that I bring this? And yeah. I, I was all for it, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm really excited to, I think, A, it, it seems incredible and timely and necessary in this moment, given everything that we're seeing yeah. out in the world. Um, but I think I'm especially excited to see how we, <laughs> you and I, and our individual and, and different identities sort of engage with this toolkit and yep. then come here to this table and talk about it and engage with each other about it, right? Yeah. And so um, I think we could have, we could potentially have a really powerful conversation, which is which is awesome. So. And I'm hoping I'm hoping we do. Yeah. Um, so I, and I'm all for amplifying the great work that Surge is doing because I mm -hmm. think they're doing some some really incredible work. So yeah. Yeah. I'm thrilled. I'm excited to chat about it with you next week. Thanks yeah, for bringing it. Definitely. All right. Well, with that, we want to thank you for joining us today and for listening to Interdependent Study. You know what we want you to do, but in case you forgot, please follow, leave a rating and review of our podcast. Share this thing with all the people in your life. Follow us on the socials. Check us out on YouTube and sign up for our email list to get notified about any new things we've got going on behind the scenes. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, it's not about us but it is about us and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah.